0: Welcome to The Make Light Show, the podcast that's all about curating meaning and joy in a light-filled life and part of the Life Listen Podcast Network. I'm Karen Wallman, photographer, leadership coach, and author of The Beauty of Different, Observations of a Confident Misfit. Join me as I answer your questions about how to make light in an occasionally dark world, and together we'll prove that positivity, creativity, and kindness, both to yourself and to others, make the world go round. Welcome back, friends. Today, we've got a great question from Ginny about thriving after divorce. Ginny writes, hey, Karen, love your podcast and your photography. Thanks, Ginny. I would love to hear a discussion about making light after a divorce. I think the easy thing is to shut down and shut off, and I'd love to get suggestions on not taking the easy way and trying to move forward in a positive manner. Ginny, thanks so much for your question. I definitely understand what you're talking about. Many years ago, when I was in my 20s, I was in a bad marriage that ended in divorce. And while our divorce was one of the most amicable ones I've ever heard of, my divorce was actually my first case out of law school, it was still a painful process, requiring a lot of soul searching and redefining who I was, especially as a single person again. I know that thriving after divorce is something that many of us want to learn how to do. And so to answer Ginny's question, I thought I'd bring in an expert, my friend Jessica Ashley. Jessica is the founder, author, and host of Single Mom Nation, a site focusing on girlfriend-to-girlfriend advice on self-care, co-parenting, dating and relationships, style, and expert tips for single mothers and divorcing women. She's also a certified divorce coach, specializing in guiding women to and through the transition of divorce, and she's known as Mom's Best Girlfriend in Divorce. Jessica, I cannot even begin to describe how excited I am that you have joined me here on the Make Light Show. Thank you so much.
1: I I feel so honored. You have (laughs) such a great lineup of guests, and and here I sit. So happy me.
0: Happy you and happy us for having you join our lovely lineup of guests because you're a wonderful addition. Thank you. So you and I have been friends for, I'm afraid to ask, how many years? Do you know? I
1: don't know, but when I first started blogging a million years ago, y- you were like doing some kind of legal counsel. And I remember, your, I think I've told you this, your name popped up in my AIM messenger box. <laughs> and I remember being, like, I had to message you about something. And I remember being so intimidated because I just, I had this like oh, ha, 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 feeling about you. And, um, and so I love that I have that memory because it was so, it was like really early days. When I was trying to out-blog, like out-earn by blogging The Babysitter... And um, and that's you were still awesome. a fancy lawyer, and um, and now here we are. We're good friends. So it was I, long enough ago that I was intimidated by
0: you. Well, it, it was long enough ago that you had an AIM messenger. Like that was right. something. I know. I'm pretty sure I have not thought of AIM in like a decade.
1: So right, that was super high tech. I thought at the
0: time. That's like CompuServe almost. Like
1: that's right. Hard. It was. It was still like the modem days. Like. It was those still those modem days. <laughs> that,
0: and and you went for best modem sound impression. Thanks. That was pretty I great. Think I've worked on that. <laughs> I could tell you you practice. <laughs> all right. So you and I obviously know each other as bloggers, but you've also always been sort of an advocate for single moms through all of that. And even with all of that, the coaching practice is relatively new, like in within this last decade. So tell our listeners a little bit about what divorce coaching is and how you got into it.
1: Well, divorce coaching is really somebody who is specifically your champion, your guide, your thinking partner as you consider or go through divorce, or even, I like to say, even if you're struggling long after the ink has dried on your papers. And it's a relatively newish coaching segment. And um, I think it is a great compliment to all of the other professionals and support systems that you have in place. So it doesn't take the place of your therapist or your um, doctor or your attorney, if that's the route you choose, or a great mediator, but it is somebody to help you strategize, get organized, and really go into it with the mindset that you want to be your best self through divorce, which is not always easy, often not easy, but also you wanna thrive on the other side of divorce.
0: So wait, so you you said advocate and my mind, of course, because I'm a lawyer, went straight to lawyer. So how is it different Mm -hmm. from what your lawyer will do?
1: Well, your lawyer can give you legal advice. I will not give legal advice. I can't do that. But I can say, hey, I remember you said that this is your intention, you and your children to live in a home that's safe and happy and healthy, or you want to use this as an opportunity to get a better, higher paying job, whatever those things are, you want to take better care of yourself. Mm. I am here to advocate for you in that moment to, um, to do the best for yourself and to go into your negotiations or your organization or leaving a marital home, whatever that is, I'm going to be the person who's going to remind you over and over again what your goals and your intentions are and help think through creatively how to get there.
0: Yeah, I love that. I, you know, because I also do coaching as well. And I like to think it sounds very similar to the kind of coaching I do. I do leadership coaching, but it's a lot more about helping people get really clear about what their intentions are and sort of mapping out the process to get there is kind of the way I think of it, which a lawyer doesn't do. Like a lawyer goes into court with you. Right. Right. And right. so, um, so yeah, this is so how did you get into this? Like, and you're certified. Like you're a certified coach, right? I am.
1: I am certified. I I really was this great organic progression. Um, and and I think really. Like I love Oprah calls it God Whispers, or you have this like moment from the universe where you see a sign that you didn't even realize you were looking for. So I launched the site Single Mom Nation about four or five years ago um, after really turning my mom blog into a single mom blog. Mm. And um, and I recognized that there was so much of a need for solid single mom content for community around single motherhood. And to raise up the, the profile and the opportunities for single moms, because first of all, there's a lot of crap content there was at the time out there about being a single mom. They're like fake grant opportunities and things mm. like that. And there was so much centered, I found, on being a victim. And when I, as a single mom, felt like it was absolutely my best self, like called on all the best parts of myself to be a single mom. So I started this website and I, and through that in writing more and talking more about single mom issues and questions and community, I had a slew of people reaching out to me, friends, friends of friends, random readers who <laughs> needed help. Like they needed girlfriend to girlfriend advice about what to ask their lawyer, what to look for in a parenting agreement. Should they leave? They just needed a vent. And I found myself texting with all of these different people or Facebook messaging. Um, and, and really, essentially, what I was doing was coaching. And I realized mm-hmm. that there's this great opportunity and need to connect on a more intimate and powerful level, I think, with women who are on the brink of divorce or in the middle of it, and they need a best girlfriend in divorce. And so mm-hmm. that's what I set out to become. And, um, and then shortly thereafter, I was on LinkedIn updating my profile. And I saw somebody who was a divorce coach and, and that's where it took me. I was like, that's exactly what I need to be. And so it took me right in that direction. And, um, Oh, I don't know, within a month or two, I was in a program uh, to become a divorce coach. And it really feels, it feels like a calling and, and an evolution, not just of my site and podcast, but really of my relationships with women and, and wanting so much to give back to other women what I got when I went through divorce in those critical moments that people who stepped up and took my hand and just were fearlessly and lovingly and generously there for me. I want to give that back to as many women and specifically moms as I can.
0: Well, I love that, and I I love you're you're a natural. You are definitely uh, somebody's best girlfriend when they go through this. So I love that. So let's get into um, our question this week um, that was sent to us by Ginny, which I thought was so great. So she talks specifically about wanting to move forward in a positive manner because um, she feels like there's a tendency to just sort of uh, get stuck and sort of shut down and shut off. So I imagine this must be sort of a question about moving forward and in positive ways. That must be something that you hear a lot with your clients. Yeah,
1: I do. And I, but I want to acknowledge, first of all, Ginny has already begun because she's asking the question Mm. about how to be positive and not stay stuck. And I think that's a really critical step. I think it's so important in a divorce. If something has happened to us, if there's been infidelity, if there's been abuse, if there have been lying, whatever it is, or we just feel taken advantage of, Mm. it can be, um, it can serve us in some ways to stay in that. Mm. Because then we're not the wrong person. We can say, we can just react. Um, We can be pissed. We can (laughs) stand our ground in our marital home. You know, we can do all of these things. We can justify actions that that aren't the greatest, or aren't yeah. the most productive, or healthiest, because these things have happened to us. And so I, I think there's kind of the stage where people want to stay stuck, honestly, and and it, you got to get in the muck. It's okay. It's yeah. part of it. But at some point, you have to be committed to getting out of it and using this moment to be who you want to be, more than what are you going to do. And so. Um, it is a question that I get asked a lot, but often like, how do I move ahead? But how do I move ahead positively is yeah. a big and really powerful um, way to center that question. Yeah. I think I think that's the greatest part.
0: Well, and I think what I mean, I think you're right. I think it, it, that, that taking that first step to sort of leave a marriage can be almost paralyzing. But I think also that once you've done it, right, like once you've let's say you've done it and you've taken the steps and you're now officially divorced. Um, that can be really scary too, right? Like, even though that like, once the legal stuff is done, you can sort of feel paralyzed, like, well, is it even worth trying to live a life right now? You know, everything that I just blew everything up or everything blew up in Mm -hmm. my life. Um, So how do you do that? Like, how do you just not go, okay, well, I'm divorced. So that's it. I'm not, I'm just gonna, you know, bury myself in work and not, be make, you know, not really take care of the, my social life. I'm not, and I'm not talking specifically about dating, but like just right. getting out there again with friends, with hobbies, with things that you used to do. Um, Like, how do you do that? Like, what, is your what do you best do? Advice? Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, and, you know, depending on the kind of divorce you had, it, it could have taken up your whole life. So you might feel a little grief that it's gone mm. crazy enough. I, I think this is interesting. Because you might feel like you have an entirely, you should have an entirely new identity mm. when you actually might not reliving that or feeling that. Like, you, you might leave the courthouse and you're like, "All right, I got to go home and do laundry and and pick up kids and you know boil some hot dogs and pay bills." Right, right, right. You know, it might not be anything momentous for you, um, and so it, it it can feel like, a, "What's next?" But I do think there is this take stock uh, time period that is great for all of us to have. And there are some like natural moments in our lives. And this is definitely one of them Mm. that, all right, what am I leaving behind now? What am I, what is now going to be my priority? And even if this is an experiment, hey, what would it feel like if I was super into Zumba right now? Or what would it feel (laughs) like if I got back to scrapbooking or what if I decided to be an athlete? Yeah, Let's do an experiment and see what it feels like. What would it feel like if I dated or I spent, you know, I became the girl's girl that I used to be um, and hang out with my my ladies again. And so I think it is taking stock and, and seeing what are the things that give me joy, that fuel my body, that fuel my brain, that make me a better mom and woman and are really like passionate for me that I forgot about for a long time. So you're ultimately lifting yourself up the list of priorities and just making a, a long list of all the things you might like to try and choosing a few and experimenting and seeing how it goes. And you might get in and you're like, I hate Zumba. I hate it. Like I cannot, yeah. or I, uh, scrapbooking is over for me. That's fine. It's really just committing to the time and the energy to yourself to see what you love to do. And it will start to fall into place. The more Everything you check off of that list, the closer you are getting to moving ahead in the ways that you are really meant to move ahead.
0: Yeah. You know, I, what the word that you said just now that I, that really sort of stayed with me was experiment. And I think that that, that idea of just trying things out for trying sake and trying things out for almost self-education is just so, it's such a really powerful thing that you're, you're saying there because, um. I know I, so I was divorced. Um, I was married when I was in my twenties, got divorced, um, in my late twenties. Right. I was about married for six years. And I remember, um, and I had an amicable divorce. Like I actually, um, I got divorced right after I passed the bar exam and my divorce was my first case. <laughs> so, oh, <I> love it. <laughs> so, so it was actually really, we didn't even, you know, hire lawyers. Like we just, we just handled it ourselves. And, um, but I and, and, you know, it was fine. It was amicable. I You know, there wasn't, you know, any real abuse in our relationship or anything like that. I You know, but I remember thinking I can do anything I want now without worrying about what he thinks and not that he would have necessarily stopped me from anything. But I think when you are in a partnership, it's natural to kind of think right. about, well, how will this affect the other person or. Um. What would the other person think, even if he doesn't actually express it out loud, or right. you know? And so, I. It was sort of. It was so freeing to go. I'm just going to experiment because I'm not having to worry about any negative feedback or even you know side eyes <laughs> because I tried right. it. You're but the
1: it, boss of you again.
0: Exactly, and that's yes. Yeah. That mm-hmm. it can be a scary thing, but it's also really so incredibly freeing. So, so the other thing though is. When I got divorced, again I was just brand new as a lawyer. And so I needed to like focus on my career. And I ended up in the years after that divorce just really throwing myself into my work, probably in not the healthiest way. Like I was working, you know, 18-hour days sometimes and just really kind of becoming a powerhouse attorney and my my career, you know, exploded. It was wonderful, but I, it was, I was probably pretty one-dimensional for a while there. So is that healthy to kind of throw yourself into something to that? Like, how do you know when you're not doing something that's maybe becoming addiction or maybe becoming sort of one-sided?
1: I think the question you have to ask is how is it serving you? Mm. And is it serving a temporary need or is, how is it serving you long term? Is this something that you can do for a while? Is this something that you can give yourself a deadline on? Or is this helping you to attain some of your goals? So a, a lot of the moms that I talk to as clients are really concerned about their financial well being and prosperity, mm. um, or and how that might shift. And you know, statistically, it does shift a lot more for women than it does for men when they're divorced. Right. So, um, so throwing yourself into your career, reconsidering your career, um, how you might thrive financially and provide a space safe space for you and your children is a really valid question. But I think as always, um, if you are throwing yourself into something, then the question has to be, is this taking the place of something else that's really important and healthy for me? Um, is this for a short time? Is it for a long time? And how is this serving me? And, and how is this not serving me? So in that situation, you know, your your career exploded. It was a great thing for you. You didn't have children yeah. and financial prosperity, professional prosperity really, um, did some great things for you that set you on a trajectory. And would you do that now, now that you have a child? Probably not. Um, but also maybe having had some of those experiences are the things we can call and say, like, oh, I remember when I did this with my career and how, you know, I didn't pay attention to my body or what I ate. And so this time around, here's how I would do it differently. So I would say it's really, it's that check-in and that self-awareness. I think sometimes when we throw ourselves into something, we're actually tuning out a lot like we are needing to numb, you know, and yeah. that can that can serve us for a time, for, but not for a long time.
0: Yeah. So I love that idea that you sort of that. How is this serving me? Like, do you have like a recommendation of how often you check in like that? Like, is that something that you make a You know, you put it on your calendar once a month and, and do right. an inventory like how what do you advise people when they're doing that?
1: I mean, I guess it's it's really dependent on each person and their situation. Some people are great at this. Some people can meditate every morning as a check-in. Like, where's my body? Where's my brain? Where's my to-do list today? And other people haven't done it their whole lives or for a decade. And so you have to ease into these things. I like to say that we refill our own bucket, like in small but significant ways. So it can mm. seriously be like while you are putting the moisturizer on your face every night, can you say like, what great thing happened? Mm. What great thing could I do for myself tomorrow? Um, What can I learn from today? What could have gone better? Like you can ask yourself a few questions, you know, post-it note on the mirror, and that can be your check-in. It doesn't have to be like you have to journal it out for an hour.
0: Right, right. Uh, You know, I I mean, you're singing my song, right? Because I am so into, into checking in and gratitude and sort of Figuring out how can I be purposeful tomorrow? How can I do something that I'm connected? I, I asked myself those questions just now, you know, having nothing to do with divorce at this point. I, it's a practice that I have every day. I journal it, but they're like gratitude practice. I actually don't journal it. I just take a moment every night and remind myself to do it. Um, but I love that, that it's something that you do frequently, I think is yeah. you know, that check-in is something And you it's practice, yeah. right? It's
1: practice for a reason that you have to practice it. I am great at doing things for three weeks. Like I'm a mass, I am a master for three weeks and then I have to get something new. And, and one time my own therapist said to me when I was like, you know, I suck. I can only do things for three weeks. He's like, maybe you just have a three week life cycle. Can you just accept hmm. that about yourself and then find something new, a new way to do this every three weeks? And, and that was really freeing for me personally. And so I think just shrinking it down to something that you can do in little ways and the practice of it is, is really more important than what you actually do or the vehicle for it. And this is why working with a coach, I think is a great thing because it's somebody to keep you accountable and to remind you like, Hey, how are you checking in with yourself? And where, where are you today? Even if that's once a month, once a week, whatever it is, um, then that is helpful. Maybe you have those people in your tribe of girlfriends who can you can do that for each other. Um, but I think there is this, there's this power in being self-aware and it really, it, it just breeds itself. The more you do it, the more you want to do it.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. Okay. While we, you were, we were talking about this, you mentioned something that was not a part of my divorce, but is a part of a lot of divorces are kids. Right. Um, And I imagine that having kids increases the complexity and then some of divorce, not just for the legal uncoupling, but also just for the emotional um, uncoupling. So what advice do you have for, for single parents or, or people who are just coming out of divorce and, Um, and are also responsible for children. Like, like what kinds of, what's the first thing that comes to your mind about how to manage that?
1: Well, everybody who is like an expert in this area will say, you have to put the kids at the center. You have to do what's best for the kids. And my thinking is a little different. My Mm. thinking is that you are an amazing mom. You are a wonderful mom. You know, your gifts and your strengths as a mom, and you know, where you can do better. And, and keep getting to the heart of that and being honest with yourself about that. Make choices. Of course, you are going to make choices that are healthy for your children. You want them to live somewhere where they're safe, where they're fed, where they can go to school and do homework, where they can go through things developmentally that they're supposed to be going through, mm-hmm. that they can deal with the tough stuff and ask the hard questions. They can play and be free and be kids, sleep well, all those things. Of course, you are going to make those decisions first. But I also really advocate for moms who are going through divorce, have just been through the divorce to remember that they matter Mm. and that the stronger and healthier and happier you are as a mother, the better mom you're going to be and the better choices you're going to make. The better, you know, the stronger and healthier and happier you are as a woman, the better mom you are going to be. Like all of it is continually fueling itself. And so make positive, good, healthy choices for yourself and show your children what it's like to make those choices, especially during the hard times. And I think there are some moments with our kids, depending on their age and how we relate to them, where we can even share that, hey, this is a really tough time. It is really hard to take a break from it all and to go for a walk. But let's do that together. Let's Mm -hmm. go for a walk. You know, I think, you know, this is a really hard time and I have made some craft choices. I'm owning that and I have yelled and I have not been the best mom that changes today. Yeah. Now, you know, I think that there is the most profound things can happen in a quiet conversation before a kid goes to bed. And that's when you can get really real with yourself and your kids. So I would say every, you, of course, are going to listen to all the experts advice about keeping your kids on center. But remember you are their center too.
0: Mm, I love that. And you that.
1: need you have to be really good with yourself.
0: Yeah. I love that. I loved I love your point about sort of modeling really healthy choices and modeling really self um good self-care. I think that's so huge. Um, one thing that as you were talking that I thought about, uh, you know, recently, obviously we went through a difficult time in that we lost our house, right, with Hurricane Harvey. Mm-hmm. And I remember right but right when it happened, turning my daughter and saying, Look, um, I'm going to tell you right now, you know, under the best of circumstances, I'm an impatient person. Um, but this is big and this is, we're going to, you know, your dad and I are going to have to be rebuilding our house. And so I'm going to need you to kind of step up to take care of yourself. Like I I can't do that. And also worry about whether or not you're picking up your room or doing your chores or that kind of thing, because I'm going to be snappish. So I'm going to need you to help me. And I have to say that my daughter really rose to the occasion. This last year was one of her best years ever. And I think, um, for me, it was a lesson that sometimes our kids, um, if you give them the challenge of taking responsibility and taking care of the family and their role in helping to take care of the family, um, as kids, like not expecting too much of them, but just saying, Mm -hmm. you know, mom and dad are going to need some help here that they'll surprise you and they will rise to it. And I think that, um, And I love I love that idea of, you know, sort of saying, you know, checking in with them and saying, look, this I didn't I wasn't my best here, but this is what I'm going through and sort of being vulnerable in a lot of ways with your kids about what you're going through can help them see where they can help mom and dad, you know, sort of go through the same Mm -hmm. thing. Have you found that to be the case?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there are these, you know, there are these moments in my own personal experience when We had to be a team. I just, you know, we had to, Um, and I think that's been really important. I also had a moment of realization: like, this is not just my own experience; this is my kid's experience, and he is the expert of his own experience. My parents are married, um, and have been for fifty years, and so I don't know what this feels like, and and I it's on me to ask him: what does this feel like? How can we be doing this better? Um, Tell me what's going on for you. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's really hard to hear. Sometimes sure. it's really hard. I think one of the things that sort of makes me ugh, a little cringy to hear um, people who are going through a, a divorce, parents who are going through a divorce, it's like, oh, the kids are fine. The kids are fine. Yeah. Because what they see on the outside is that the kids are fine. And really, my response to that is kids come to divorce in different ways as they grow and develop, yeah. as things happen, as time goes on um just as we do like we might be totally fine about our own divorce and then like you know 5 years down the line something triggers it and we get pissed off all over again right. so um <laughs> right. you know that happens for kids too and so it is kind of a constant check-in process and 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 you know what we don't want to know that our kids aren't okay cuz it's super painful right but if we must be able to hear why it's painful and we it's incumbent upon us to do the best that we can to make it not painful. And sometimes that means like you have to communicate with somebody you don't want to communicate with the other parent. You have to give in to something that you don't want to give in to or negotiate. So there are these things that um, we might have to do, uh, you know, obviously to put that kid back on center, but also because we're each the expert of our own experience.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I know that in addition to being a coach yourself and being a single mom yourself, you're also somebody who has, been through divorce as well, Mm -hmm. um, as a single parent. And I was wondering, was there any gift? I know this is a weird question, but a gift that divorce has given you that you were happily surprised to receive as a result of making it through to the other side and, and, um, and sort of, you know, keeping things as positive as possible. Was there any gift that came back to you?
1: You, well, the very best advice that I got, was that my relationship was bigger or my my life was bigger than one relationship. Specifically said to me, your life is bigger than just one man. Mm. And I received that at just the right moment. And I understand that I was limiting myself and my life um, and my choices in the marriage that I was in. Mm. And I was madly in love. I was did not think ever in a million years I would ever get divorced. And um, a lot of things happened that made it very apparent to me that I needed to leave and leave quickly. Mm -hmm. And um, and I consider the gift being the the gift of understanding who that other person was being shown clearly. Mm-hmm. And also then being shown clearly who I could be and hadn't been. And so I, I love being called a single mom because it's the very best of who I am. And it calls on me to be the strongest, most capable, most creative, most loving um, person that I can be. Yeah. And seeing that part of myself without tarnish has given me so much courage to do other things and to take other leaps.
0: I love that so much. Oh my gosh. I could, I could talk to you about this stuff forever. I really could. You, you're, <laughs> I mean, you're just so wise about it. And I really, and, and realistic, which is what I like, like, it's not all sunshine and sweetness, but the, you no. know, that, that there is a way out. And so yeah. I, I love that. So thank you so much for being this. All right. We have to go to our lightning round next.
1: Okay. Lightning Uh, round. Ready.
0: Yeah. So basically, (laughs) I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions and you're going to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. All right. It'll be easy. Uh, Wine or cocktail?
1: I, I'm at that age when I got to go wine. I love a cocktail, but I wake up at like 4 a.m. wide awake and I can't do it. Oh, I'm so bummed. I love a filthy martini. Man, I love a filthy martini. Gin, but- <laughs> olives, but I got to go red wine. <laughs> uh,
0: really? Well, well your yeah, your, yeah. your current partner had a wine bar for a while. So I guess, you yeah. Know, if he's listening to this, he really needed to hear you say that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. How about, of um, city or beach. I know. Oh, I got- come on. I, I mean I,
1: I have to live in a city by the water. I have to be near the water. Well,
0: I specifically asked this because you live in Chicago, which has both right. right? But I
1: and I am such a city girl, but I, I will end my days on the beach.
0: <laughs> well, okay, how about this? If you were if you're going on a holiday, all expenses paid, oh, which one is It's are a beach
1: 100 <laughs> All right, fair enough. No all doubt, right. it's a beach.
0: <laughs> okay. So you live in Chicago, so I gotta ask this. Pizza or steak?
1: Oh, pizza. Pizza really? sure. And I don't love deep dish pizza, which will <gasps> make you know, yeah, I don't <gasps> love it. I don't. Are you? But I- I'd
0: say that's the best kind of pizza. <laughs> but I
1: I could eat pizza every single day of my
0: life. (laughs) All right. If
1: I ate flour, I would be eating pizza every day of my
0: life. I love it. All right. Okay. So one thing um, that people may not know about you is that you were on Oprah's super soul Sunday. I was. So the question is, what does Oprah smell like?
1: (gasps) Possibility. (laughs) (laughs) See, I imagine smells, she smells like my best friend.
0: <laughs> I imagine she smells like like ro- like rose oil and power.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. She's, I mean, yes. I honestly I, that moment is so dreamy for me because she was a few people away from me. And at one point she winked at me and said, good comment. And I wish it had made it on the air because I just felt like she just said good comment about my whole life. My entire (laughs) existence is Oprah approved. It wasn't just those few words. (laughs) So (laughs) blessed.
0: (laughs) All right. So in addition to the fact that you are Oprah's very best friend, what is something? I am. (laughs) I (laughs) am. What is something someone would be surprised to learn about you?
1: In addition to being on that Oprah uh, Super Soul Sunday life class, I appeared on the Bozo show several times. What
0: What is the Bozo show? Oh, my God.
1: You don't even know the Bozo show? Oh, my gosh. Well, most of your listeners will because it played on WGN in the morning around the country. Um, it was Bozo the Clown, and it was like a what variety show. It was a variety show, and I actually was an act. I, I played with an, a guitar ensemble, and we played on there several times. And full circle, I, um, in college, was an intern at WGN, and um, and that was just before they ended the Bozo show, so I would run into Bozo in the hallway all the time, so... This is life. This is the the beauty and the cyclical nature of life.
0: I have to tell you, this is horrifying for me. Like, I hate clowns with such a white hot passion. I'm so scared. Oh, about- you're going to hate
1: Bozo then. You're going <laughs> to really hate Bozo. But it's like Bozo the Clown is a Chicago icon, but people around the country watched Bozo in the morning before school. That is Child awesome. Child of the 80s, you did it. <laughs>
0: wow goodness i was so sorry i missed that maybe
1: <laughs> yeah i'm really sorry to- <laughs> you would have wanted to know me a lot sooner <laughs> <laughs> clearly
0: that's awesome. right all right so the next two questions are questions that my daughter tells me to ask everyone oh good oh good so pandora or spotify spotify all right and facebook or instagram
1: I'm a hundred percent Facebook. Like are I just you? I love, love, love Facebook. I follow very few people on Instagram. I always want to do it. Yep. I'm just like, I need the words. I need wow. the I need the quippy words. Yeah. I'm I'm Facebook is my jam. It's my place, my I home. I love
0: it. I love it. All right. And finally, what does it mean to thrive?
1: I think it means getting closer and closer to that gold that you are. And just ever persistent in getting closer and closer to that, holding that in your hands and, and reveling in who you are. And that is not always easy. And thriving is sometimes really crappy and hard. And it is, um, it is over the long term how you have chosen um, to get to that place and, and who you want to be.
0: I love that. Jessica, it is always such a thrill to spend any time with you ever, ever, ever.
1: Oh. Thank you. I love it so much. I'm so grateful that Ginny wrote this question in, and I know she is probably already well on her way to to her gold place because she's asked the question out loud, and I know the support is going to come to her. The universe will send it.
0: I love that. All right. Thank you so much, friend. Thank you. Thank you. Isn't Jessica great? I love what she said about experimenting after divorce by trying out things that fulfill you. And I also loved her thoughts on modeling healthy life choices for your kids. I'm definitely going to focus on that instead of the fact that she was apparently BFFs with Bozo the Clown. Anyway, to find out more about Jessica Ashley, her coaching advice, and Single Mom Nation, be sure to check out the show notes. And if you have tips and tricks for moving forward after divorce in a positive way, please leave them in the comments. Also, if you're talking about today's episode on social media, don't forget to use hashtag MakeLightShow so we can find you. And as always, if you're looking for more ways to make more light in your life, but find yourself stuck, please send me an email with any questions or challenges you'd like me to tackle to Karen at TheMakeLightShow.com. And you might just hear an answer to your question on an upcoming episode of The Make Light Show. I'm Karen Walrond, and I'll be back next week with all new tips and tricks to make light. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. Thrive on, friends.